Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Life Inspired. It is another good day. We are at the end of June, and I cannot believe how fast the summer is already starting to fly by. Uh, But speaking of time flying, see, I didn't even plan that. What a great intro. I didn't even plan that. Um, So speaking of time flying, this week we are talking about through the decades and going through some of the major changes that have happened to our world over the past several years. So I'm very excited for our surprise special guest today, who is my own grandmother, Laura Davis. So hi, grandmother. Hello, Jace. (laughs) Thank you for doing this for me. Well, you're welcome. I want to get this out of the way at the beginning, because one thing that everyone says when they meet us and I talk to you is everyone says, you don't have to call her grandmother. You can call her whatever you usually call her. But I want to set the record straight that I always call you grandmother. Yes, you do. In fact, most people call me grandmother. (laughs) That was how we were raised. So, well, I'm really excited to have you. Before we get started talking about history today, I thought it could be fun for this week's News Inspired to go back to this week in history. So the third week of June throughout the decades and read a few headlines from over the years. So for our first headline today, it's from this week in 1960. And this is the week that Alfred Hitchcock's infamous Psycho opened in theaters in New York City. Then also in this week in 1980, Pink Floyd's album, The Wall, hit number one on music charts. And then this one kind of shocked me. This week in 2000, Tiger Woods became the youngest player to win all four major PGA titles at only 24 years old. That's right. That was, so that was 21 years ago. I'm now 24, so I kind of remember 2000, but I also have not won any PGA World titles. (laughs) Anyway, this has been the News Inspired, and I hope that these are just the first of many headlines to bring smiles to our faces this week and also over the years. So this This conversation that we're having today about through the decades is inspired by all of the changes that are happening in the world and all of the the good things that have happened over the last few decades, I think especially lately, as we reconcile some of the wrongs that have been committed and recognize some of the mistakes that people have made. It's also good to recognize what we've done to get to where we are um, and celebrate some of our accomplishments too. So what my grandmother and I are going to do is we're going to go back starting in the 1960s and go through each decade of what it was like for someone growing up in the U.S. And we'll be talking about things that happened here in America, but also on the world stage um, and just kind of how the world has evolved over the last six decades. So should we hop in? Okay. Okay. So grandmother, starting in the 1960s, what do you remember? What was happening? What were people doing and talking about in the world? Well, in the night, let let me just start out by saying in the 1950s, most people didn't have television. And so communication was dependent on your uh, newspaper. Mm-hmm. So when I hit, when the 1960s hit, television was such a, a good media realm that in school, we watched a lot of television newscasts. Really? So I do recall many things like uh, John F. Kennedy being inaugurated. Mm. I watched that. Um, I also watched 
the first space flight on on television. Mm-hmm. But we were also in a cold war during the sixties. And I do I grew up in Colorado and I remember very well how how aware we were that we were so near to a place where nuclear weapons were kept that it could mm-hmm. easily be our area was attacked. And so we were taught things like hiding under the desk, like that was going to protect us from a nuclear fallout. Um, <laughs> but we as kids had even thought as far as what we would do if something happened and then we were able to get home to our homes and our parents were no longer there. So at the age of 10, 11, 12, we were, we'd were we already thought of those things. How, how wow. can we handle life? Wow. How would we continue to exist? So there was a movie called Red Dawn that occurred later. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very similar. It, actually, we had lived through that. So it wasn't a big shock to my generation, but to the younger generations that saw it, it was. So the 60s, uh, we were maybe ahead of our time as to what most kids at that age are today or or were throughout the years uh, in the current generations uh, because we'd experienced some pretty dramatic things and thoughts. Um, but I do remember the 60s being a time of watching riots on TV, uh, mm-hmm. people saying, uh, that they needed their rights, that their rights had been taken away from them, that they, they weren't free to vote. They weren't free to do different things, uh, that they had to go to a different bathroom or sit in a different place on the bus. There were also riots, uh, marches for, I remember the Freedom Riders who rode on the, rode on the bus going mm-hmm. down into the South. Um, and we watched that on TV. Yeah. How does how does that compare to the social justice movement that's happening right now? It is more, the social justice movement right now is more, people are more aware of it. Mm. More people uh, are participating in it. I know that, for example, uh, some of my grandchildren have actually walked in marches in the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in in my day, um, living near a bigger city, we didn't. We didn't travel to go march in a march, mm-hmm. um, but we were we were aware of it going on around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But today we're more aware of what's happening. Would you say that between the social justice movement and the Cold War, were those kind of the two like big defining movements and, and the things that were on everyone's mind during the 60s? Yes. And I think that contributed a lot because then they're all of a sudden hit the Vietnam War. So um, you just combined all that together. It made it made probably more of a leeway for those who were more rebellious against any society to say, no, I'm going to go be a hippie or I'm going to do drugs or mm-hmm. uh, that that type of thing. And music as well. Music mm-hmm. began to break out of its little... Uh, common melody shell and become more uh, have more beat to it and yeah interesting so i feel okay you mentioned vietnam that i'm not great with years that was started in the 70s right no it started in the 60s it did probably around 60 i'm not sure exactly maybe 66 maybe okay earlier 
I remember it after like 66 because I had classmates and uh, people who had been in high school with me who went to Vietnam. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So I feel like when I think about history, most of what I know is like 69 and on because um, obviously like the summer of love and then like landing on the moon, some of those things. So I feel like I don't know much about the 60s, but then getting into the 70s, I feel like this was the time of like maybe disco and a lot of like family values. And so what do you, like when you think of the 70s, what do, what was happening? What do you remember? What was going on? Uh, in the 70s for me is when I was raised, first having my children. And so I was lost in that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, television was very real to me because uh, that was part of our life was watch the news every night, just find out what was happening. And uh, Watergate occurred during the 70s. Mm. And I do remember watching that, you know, faithfully watching to see what was going to happen. But that was a time for me of family values, a slower time. We faced a recession at that time, Mm -hmm. but I did not know. I mean, I didn't know it because we were poor anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) just, I mean, poor in the sense that we were students. and yeah. Had, had young kids and you just lived your life and bought groceries and fed your family and played with your kids. And that's what we did. Yeah. And you were, you were like close to my age in the seventies, right? Yes. So I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are somewhere around my age within like 10 years. So it's really interesting to think about once we get into the seventies, we can start to relate to where our grandparents were then. That's really interesting. Um, and you mentioned the recession. Go ahead. Let me give you an example. We had a, a 67 Mustang in 1970. And we traded it in and bought a new car because it cost more than $5 a month for gas. <laughs> so that's, uh, just, that's just kind of awkward world we lived in. The gas. And a car at that time cost maybe $3,000. For the car? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gas station down the street from me, gas is over $5 a gallon. Yes. So also, I don't want to skip ahead too far to the 80s, but you mentioned, I, I want to stay in the 70s for a second, but you mentioned that the car was 3000 So I was watching a TV show set in the 80s, um, actually earlier today, and they were buying a house for $37,000. How, how was it like that in the seventies too? Yes, we, yes, we bought, we bought a really, really nice mobile home for less than $7,000. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't get a car and today for my that. Par- my parents bought, bought a home around 28, a really nice brick home for 28,000. Wow. Okay. So definitely a different time. And speaking of Watergate, I try not to get too political on here. So we're going to avoid taking sides, but just thinking about how divided everyone was then. um, And I've listened to some podcasts and things about when they started to draw up like impeachment charges for Nixon before he resigned and things like that. Was there division like we have today in politics back then? Or is 
I don't think so. Uh, there might have been on the political scene in Washington, D.C., and those who were really political. But for the average person, we were just interested in watching what was happening. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a specific opinion. Got it. Got except it. if somebody broke the law, they needed to be accountable. But other than that, you know, it, it, there wasn't really an opinion. Okay. That's interesting. So springboarding off of that in the 70s, that's when Vietnam ended, right? Was yes. sometime in, okay. So yeah. the, then we go into the 80s. And when I think of the 80s, I kind of think of the heyday of just like the US. Like I think about like video games and TV shows. And I know the microwave came around and got popular. Um, and I think I think that's when the Cold War ended. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably around then. I don't okay. I can't tell you for sure. Okay. I I so I feel like this was a big defining decade, like a lot of changes. So what do you remember about the 80s? Um mostly styles. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um because I had teenage kids who were becoming teenagers, that was that was an important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh what what the style was and you know what people were wearing and what we were doing that way. But it was still a family time. You know, you still had your baseball games with the family. Everybody in the family would go to a baseball game. And uh, whether it was a professional ball game or just the local kids playing. Yeah. It was, it was more, it was still a family time. That's so interesting. And so in the, I'm trying to think when like your story and if I know where you were so in the 80s you moved to a small town in southern Illinois right so you got like small town America what was that like very very much confined to your family or your Mm -hmm. church you know there wasn't a lot of um there wasn't a lot I mean there wasn't a lot going on otherwise you just were in your family farming whatever was it were the 80s more of the time that we see in like movies and things when people could, you know, you'd send your kids down the street to go play with the neighbor or they'd walk to school? Like, was yes. what was that kind yes. of like? Yeah. My kids, for example, my kids walked to school and it was about a mile away from the house. Mm-hmm. And um, and they they would walk when they were in kindergarten by themselves. Yeah. You could you could you could trust. You could trust things. You could trust people. I go back to other podcasts I've been listening to. I've been reading a lot about how in the 80s and the 90s, the U.S. saw an uptick in crime and especially in like like murders and things like that. And so do you think there was anything going on then that might have contributed to that, whether it was, you know, um, anything political or mental health wise or the economy like what do you think contributed to that well i think we started hearing statements like our town doesn't have anything to do we don't have anything to do at in our town and even though kids could in my case living in illinois they could go to st louis or chicago to have a big big weekend or right. have a big big something uh, you still heard that on a regular basis. Well, there's nothing to do, even though the town might have a bowling alley. They they had things that could, you know, everybody had a TV. Um, but we began to lose maybe some of that family time, mm. that that family closeness. 
because even during the depression in the thirties, people had family that they hung to, even when they didn't have any money, Mm -hmm. they could, they had their family they could relate to. You could play cards with or a game with, you could go out and play uh, street ball or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that began to disappear. Interesting. I know those were important values for you raising a family too. I remember a lot of that. And I remember being a kid and being like, I don't want to do this. I want to do all of the things that everyone else does. And now I look back though. And I'm like, I wish I could go back and do those things. You know, like I'm, Mm -hmm. I value it so much more now that I'm past it. So that's so, so interesting. So carrying on from there, going into the nineties, this is, I was born in 96. I have two memories in 1998 and in 1999 that's about as early as my memories go I know that I lived with you in the 90s for a while so I remember a little bit I remember big hair um I remember ugly cars what else what was going on in the 90s (laughs) things were beginning to change greatly there were still a lot of family values um but you began to see more Families break up, separate, divorce. Uh, You began to see um, jobs begin to start disappearing. Mm. Uh, We lived in a coal mining area. You began to see uh, coal mines closing down. And those were people that made big money in your town. I mean, big money for the town. They weren't wealthy, but they they were people that had sure incomes. And and so that began to slip away. Mm. Um, but that was just the very beginning of, of a breakdown that was that was coming. Yeah. And I we hear a lot about um, like school shootings and things that all started in the 90s, too. So I think we hear a lot of negative, but were there any like really positive things that happened or even just like positive conversations that happened in the 90s that you remember? Good things, people people making, de- I mean, like, I know there was a lot of technological development and things like that. So like, what else, what else can we be excited for about the 90s? That, that's, a, that's a tough, that's a tough question. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought too much about positive things in the 90s. Um, for me, it was all my, I had all my, my grandchildren, you and, and your siblings and, and a few others. And so those, that was very important to me, but, um, yeah, we did get the TV show friends in the nineties. So I'll be grateful for that. Um, okay. So the nineties happened and then Y2K, I remember your new year's party, new year's Eve, 1999. Um, And nothing happened. And nothing happened. The airplanes didn't crash. We were all good. Um, That takes us into the early 2000s. And I think it's impossible to talk about that without starting with 9-11. So early in, you know, there's a new president and then this disaster. So like, what was your mindset when all of this happened? Well, it was a total shock because even though we always were aware that there was terrorists or people who didn't agree with us um it it wasn't on our soil and even if people who had been through different wars even the world war ii or or world war one they had never experienced anything on our own soil except for what happened in in uh, pearl harbor Mm -hmm. so so we were i think we all just walked around in shock especially that first day 
Mm. Um, because here it was and it was real. And now we're back to what I experienced in the fifties. Really? In your mind. Okay. Now what is to come? Um, are they going to attack somewhere else today? What about Mm -hmm. tomorrow? What's the next day going to bring? And I also saw others who were like, okay, I'm out of the military now, but I'm going back in because I got to go protect my family. I got to go protect my country. Mm -hmm. So that began to began a change in how, how we were looking at things totally, because now again, we're, we're thinking about our own safety, the safety of our families. Yeah. What's happening to our country. And see, those are, you know, because I was so young and I think again, so many of the people listening were so young, that's all I remember. Like, I don't remember that change. So what other changes do you remember in the 2000s, good or bad, um, but just what was changing, what was new and what were people talking about? Well, a lot of people now began to value vacations, for example, Mm. uh, greatly. And it didn't matter if you had to go into debt to take a vacation. A lot of people did just because we needed a break. We're working. We're working hard. We're working to make money to support our families. But we deserve vacation. We deserve a break. And I think it I think a lot of that was the stress of everything, not just the stress of working Mm -hmm. a job, but the stress of life. Worrying about your family, worrying about your country, worrying about the whole thing. So people began to take more more serious vacations that cost money. It wasn't just a trip to St. Louis or for me in Illinois, a trip to St. Louis or to go to Chicago. It was, I'm I'm going to California. I'm going to go to Disney World or yeah, I'm in Disneyland. I'm going to uh, Florida. I'm going to Disney World, and we're going to have a great time. Or hey, there's cruise ships now. We're yeah. going to take a cruise. The full family's going, and and you started seeing people go at Christmas for, for a week on a cruise or a vacation, and mm-hmm. that that all began to change. I think that might have been part of why, because the stress of life is just too much. It was. I. It was definitely a stressful time. I do think about though, we had some really good things that happened. I mean, jumping forward to two thousand eight. And why I remember watching in elementary school, uh, Barack Obama be inaugurated as, as the first black president. Um, and I, you know, grew up in a very rural place and didn't have a lot of people of color in my classes and things. But I do remember just how important it was for everyone to see representation in that moment. So that That's was right. a, that was a big plus. Yeah. And also, I feel like, I think, I'm trying to think back on like, conversations with my parents I feel like my generation uh, which would have been kids in the early 2000s like they were also like very vaccinated and kind of safe from a lot of diseases that have been problems in the past maybe correct. you can tell me if that's right yeah that's correct <laughs> so that's good that's good and then that carried us into 2010 And so for me, I graduated from middle school in 2012 and then from uh, high school in 2016. So like 2010 to 2020 is my formative years and almost everything I remember. So tell me how that was different from everything before. Well, tell me some of the things you remember from that time period. Things I remember from that. Well, um, in 20 
12. Like I said, I went to high school. So that was, that was me. And I felt really lucky because obviously I felt like we were in such a modern time and like so many things were happening, but I felt like I got to experience in high school, some of that like small town values of like Friday night football games. And I remember going to like street carnivals and all of those things. I really remember winters and Christmases and they feel very different now, but I do remember in the early 2010s, like there was just something very, it all felt very still right around Christmas, especially if it snowed. Like it just felt like, I mean, we would go shopping and things, but you just, my mindset was always like, okay, it's like something for family. Um, So I remember that. Um, And then I moved to California in 2016. So a lot of my memories, I guess a lot of what I remember is just my life in this Uh time. But like the iPhone took over, definitely remember that. Um, Portable laptops took over, also remember that. Uh, Flats, I remember TVs went from big and chunky to small and thin in the the 2010s. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so... So we, at one time, I had one of the first uh, cell phones. It was the size of a small suitcase. And it went with you in the car because if you were traveling, if I was going to work or something and a car had broke, the car broke down, that way I could call and get help. Or, mm-hmm. or And basically that's what you used it for. And, um, and then, of course, it got smaller and smaller and smaller as, as we know today. And now they're getting bigger and bigger. But mm-hmm. but they had gotten pretty small. And if you remember, your grandfather always had a flip phone because he liked that. He didn't like the technology of being able to text very well. Mm-hmm. But the phones did get smaller and smaller. And now they're, of course, bigger, a little bit bigger. Um, but so technology has been awesome often uh as it changes and now we have the apple watch and the the google ipad and 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 i've heard recently somebody say no i don't want one of those because i can't learn anymore (laughs) i can't i know i can't figure it out anymore and i recently have have, uh, considered getting an apple watch and i already know i'm gonna have to call grandchildren to figure it out so it's not as hard as it looks (laughs) <laughs> we'll help you. We'll help you. Yes, I know. I know. But but a lot of lot of changes in that direction, the technology. But as you come into the 2010 to 2020, we also began to become more aware of what's going on in the world mm. as far as other countries. I, I can remember thinking that everything in Europe and Southeast Asia and Asia was always just, it just was there just was there and um in my lifetime and then we began to hear stories of things happening in turkey and 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 other countries and and uh, we we learned of, of people who were just killing people like me because they didn't like me um technology and media has has made us more aware of those things they've been going on all all of history but now we're yeah. more aware of them. Another big milestone I remember right in the middle of the 2010s was the Supreme Court decision in 2015 to legalize same-sex marriages in the U.S. Yes. And I just remember, I mean, that was 
a milestone for me as a person because that was the summer then that I decided it was time to come out because I finally, I mean, I grew up in Illinois where it was already legal. Um, but like I had started looking at colleges in California where it wasn't that kind of thing. So that was a big, a really big milestone. And then I also remember in that time in, I remember the 2012 election, like 2008, I was really young. I remember it really well because it was so monumental. Um, and also because that was the first election that I remembered because like George Bush was elected when I was like three. So like, not gonna. Um, so I remember that one. But then in 2012, I remember actually, you know, being old enough to think about it and get involved. And I was in high school and people were talking about it. Um, and I remember then how strong opinions were. But then I remember in 2016, how much stronger and aggressive the rhetoric had become. And part of me wants to say that it was candidates, but part of me also thinks that people just as we got so used to technology didn't, we got so used to being able to hide behind our devices and not actually have to communicate or see the people that we're attacking with our words as people, even if we disagree with them. And I know I've done that myself. Like it's so easy to fall into, but that's definitely, I think one thing that defined, um, that decade is how aggressive things got. And then even at the end, especially at the end of the 2010s, just how inflamed everything was. And I think that, I mean, that kind of carries us to the end of the decade and into 2020, which still feels like is right now because the last 15 months, obviously everyone has been consumed by the virus and there's been this huge racial uh, reckoning and just so, and of course, political tensions. Um, so just knowing where we've been and how everything has changed. And even in our conversation, how we started talking about the sixties and people were scared of war. And then in the middle of our conversation in like the eighties and nineties, we were talking about family. And then just from like the nineties on, we talked about stress and violence and technology. Like, what do you think some of the biggest lessons are that you've learned as time has gone on? I think the biggest lesson that I've learned through through my entire life was that I'm to love all people, mm. all people. It doesn't matter what they look like, whether they're handicapped or not, whether they're a different skin color than I, whether they have a different preference in politics than I do, whether they have a different religion than mine, whether they um, have different love life than I did. Uh, it doesn't matter. We're just supposed to love everybody and care about everybody. And you know that old statement that in way back in the 50s that I grew up with was, well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think that still holds true. Mm-hmm. And I could I could take that into more religious statements or uh, more spiritual statements. But I think the whole thing holds true. And I think that's the lesson I've learned throughout life as I've watched and seen and, and I've learned. And that too is another thing I've, that I've gained from all my life is that I can't stop learning. Many, many things that I'm being told now are part of history and I was never taught in history. Mm-hmm. But as I research it and study it, it was history. Mm-hmm. And it just never was taught to me. 
But now as I'm learning those things, I, I can't stop learning. I have to keep learning. So so that, that would be my challenge to anybody is that you keep learning um, and that you keep loving. Yeah. Loving people, all people. Yeah. I, I very much appreciated growing up with that always being taught. Um, and I've even, I mean, I mean, no one hear me wrong. Like my grandparents have always been like my best friends, but I've even seen all of them change, like, and the things that you've learned and it's all because you love people. And, you know, I, I think about some of the pushback that we get today of loving everyone, no matter what, even if we disagree with them. And I think a lot of that just comes from very conservative beliefs. Um, not that there's anything wrong with conservative beliefs, but it's, I've always thought it's very interesting that I think you, um, you and grandfather and my parents raised me like really straddling a line because on one hand, it was a very conservative religious family. I remember being told by my parents like to make sure that we were wearing all the right things. You know, we were at church every Sunday and, um, you know, all, all of these very like conservative things, but also being taught that means because we believe some of the things we believe, we love. And I remember, um, you know, over, I just, I talk about transformation a lot when I talk about my grandparents and I talk about even how like my grandfather went from being a suit and tie, a little bit yelly preacher sometimes who, um, you know, was all into Sunday school and making sure we were there all the time and to over the over time then by the time he was at the last church he was at I remember you know he was only wearing jeans and sneakers and we were eating popcorn and just how you know people changed and it was all because he wanted to love people um so I think that's one of the biggest lessons that you guys have taught me but um so so looking forward then to the future what inspires you? What do you hope for the next generation? And, and where do you, I don't know, when you think about the future, what inspires you? That there, that there is a future. And that um, there is, uh, because of education and because of experiences, we now have opportunities to rub elbows with, with many, many different people and peoples. And that inspires me because I, that's what I think we we are to do and what the, what we are to be. But there is so much hope mm. for us today as we rub elbows yeah. uh, to carry a conversation on to carry on a conversation with just the, somebody on the street and be able to talk to them is important. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a such a good point. Well, to end on a little bit of a light note, should we do a lightning round? Um, I have three events from history for you. Okay. And I think it'd be fun to have you try and see if you know what decade all of these things happened in. Okay. <laughs> so these are all since we started talking. So since the 60s up until today. In which decade did the NASDAQ stock market debut? I would think the 70s, but I'm not sure. Yes, it was 1971. They had 50 companies. 
on the NASDAQ. Very good. Um, this one I feel like might be a little bit easier. In what decade was Nelson Mandela elected? I can't answer that. Nelson Mandela was sworn in as the first president of South Africa in the 90s, 1994. I didn't realize how close that was to mm -hmm. my life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, last question. <laughs> this one's a little bit nerdy. You might not know this one. So, you know the TV show Doctor Who? No. You don't Jerry. know Doctor Who? Okay. No. Doctor Who is one of the, I want to say it's been on since like the 70s. It's been on forever. They took a little break and then they like revived it in the early 2000s, but it's been on forever. And the problem with that is that you can't keep one actor as your main character that long. So they've <laughs> written in this plot point, he's like an alien. And so they've written in this plot point that every however many years, he changes what he looks like and kind of becomes a new person. Um, so, and it started on the, B I guess it's still on the BBC, but they broadcast it everywhere in the US. So the question for you, in which decade did the doctor become a woman? Mm, I would think 1990, in the 90s. It wasn't until the 2010s. In 2017, it was announced that the doctor would be played by Jodie Whittaker. She's the current doctor and she's the first woman. So that's, I don't know, it's really interesting. Yes. I, was, I can't believe you've never heard of Doctor Who. Do you remember my cat Clara that I yes. had? She yes. was named after a character on Doctor Who. <laughs> well, <clears throat> obviously you and I did not talk about that very often. So. <laughs> It's, it's very nerdy. So, well, this has been our lightning round. And now before we go, do you have anything else that you want to say or share or tell the people of the world? Well, this has been very interesting. It's like going, it's like the show Back to the Future and I've just gone backwards. And now I'm gonna go back to the future because it's fun to remember, but you can't stay there. Yeah. And uh, so I'm gonna go forward. I love that. Thank you so much, Grandmother. I really appreciate it and always appreciate your stories and all of your time. And I also want to thank everyone who listened to us today. And I hope that we all learned a little something, something. If you enjoyed the episode, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a nice review. And you can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Life Inspired Pod. And I really hope that today's conversation brought you a little bit of joy and that it helps you to live the life inspired. Thank you.